0: I'm Angel, passionate birth worker and podcast host of the Birth Rebel Podcast. I'm bringing you a blend of heart, soul, and a bit of controversy. Join me on my podcast where I dive fearlessly into thought-provoking discussions about the most controversial topics in pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, and postpartum. I'm unmasking the truths. I'm challenging norms and sparking conversations that matter let's celebrate the beauty of the perinatal space while fearlessly confronting the tough questions together. Tune in for guest interviews from health professionals leading the charge into changing the perinatal space and my own expertise in diverse topics. All right, Birth Rebel, let's jump into it. Hey guys, welcome to the Birth Cafe Podcast. It's your host, Angel Coleman, and I'm actually recording this in my car because I just had this spontaneous, and this happens a lot, where I'm like thinking of ideas and I'm like, man, I want to talk about this. So here we are with one of my spontaneous thoughts, and I really wanted to talk about the fear of birth. And how that influences our choices in birth and just kind of where that stuff comes from now as a lot of you know I'm on baby number six Uh, so this is the sixth baby for me and I'm really excited because I am going to be doing a home birth with this baby and this is actually my first home birth Um, so It's really, really exciting for me. I can't wait to have a home birth. But one of the things that kind of inspired me to even record this episode was the fact that, you know, a lot of the fear surrounding home birth um, is there's a lot of fear, right? We've got the American College of Gynecology and Obstetrics saying like, don't do it, it's not safe. A majority of OBGYNs would probably agree that home birth is not safe. I would probably say that a lot of home birth mid, not home birth midwives, but a lot of, you know, certified nurse midwives would probably If they work in the hospital, they may think that, you know, her birth may not be the safest thing as well. And that the safest place to give birth is in the hospital, right? That's that's the safest place. So, I obviously, like, I've had births in the hospital. So, I have my own experience of not feeling safe in the hospital. And everyone has their reasons, right, of wanting to give birth where they want to give birth. Some people may feel that the hospital is the safest place for them because they're super worried about and have these fears about the worst possible outcome and then just having the medical team there. And it's a lot, it's kind of a lot to unpack, right? Even just saying that statement that, oh, I want to be in the hospital just in case something goes wrong. And I have this wonderful podcast episode with Aaliyah Wright, where we talk about unassisted birth and just some of the fear surrounding birth in general. However, I I really do kind of want to unpack that a little about this fear of birth, how we've been so conditioned to believe certain things about motherhood and the processes of motherhood. And it doesn't just stop at birth, right? I talk a lot about breastfeeding. And one of the things I talk about breastfeeding is how we have been manipulated by the system and when I say the system I mean like social media I mean the TV I mean our movies like all of those things are created to manipulate us in some way to have a certain way of thinking and I actually just had this conversation with my daughter because you know I try to be very careful about what my kids watch and listen to whether that's music or TV because I know that all of the media out, that's put out there is put out there to spread their idea or to bring up feelings towards certain scenarios, right? Um, and some of the things are very, very subtle. Like when I talk about breastfeeding, how many shows do you see show breast, breastfeeding? Or is it always a bottle? Is the baby cards you get from the store, are they of boobs and breastfeeding babies? Or are they rattles and bottles? When we watch TV and movies and cartoons, the babies are almost always sucking on a pacifier or a bottle. Right? The pacifiers and bottles replace breastfeeding. And this is how America has conditioned us to view formula feeding and bottle feeding as something that's normal and breastfeeding as the exception. And it's very similar with birth. When we look at birth in our media, right? Because that is where a lot of our, a lot of influence, <laughs> that's how we kind of determine what's normal in society now. Is by what is shown on TV. Which is another reason why I try to limit so much of the TV with my kids because, look, <laughs> have, I, I think it's important to have your own ideas and not be influenced by the media. But, um, yeah, so when we're, show, we talked about House of Dragon, right? I love that show. It's one of, I love House of Dragon, I love Game of Thrones. But in House of Dragon, it shows very graphically some very very traumatic births. Like, it's there's nothing about those births that make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. And fuzzy inside, like you're like terrified. <laughs> you're terrified of birth, and we have been conditioned to see giving birth as something that's very dangerous, and. And it's because some people die from it, right? I mean, that that's the reality. Yes, people die in childbirth. This is definitely a thing. Um, and so because there's death associated with the possibility of having a child, this is something now that we fear. This is something that has been taught to OBGYNs to fear the possibility that mom or baby could die and it's great to have that healthy fear and respect for the process of birth that yeah something this could not end well (laughs) that is a possibility but there are more times than not birth goes well and we talk about the interventions and we talk about how technology has grown in the United States And in other countries, and we have c sections that really do save lives, but how we have an overuse of this technology. And it, there's a quote from Frozen 2 that I really love that (laughs) Olaf says, and he's predicting a whole lot in that one statement. And he says, um, Anna had asked him, you know, a question about like, um, facts or something like that. And Olaf was like, what do you mean? Like how technology is both our savior and our doom. And like that one statement, I knew from the moment I heard it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be like a Simpson moment (laughs) because this is very accurate. Uh, we have all this technology and it saves lives, right? It helps us. But there's an overuse of this technology that's actually worsening maternal death rates right? And especially in the United States, when we're talking about, like, moms dying, not, and, and, and most of these deaths are preventable. These moms are dying. And in a world where you would think that the technology would save us, it's our doom. It It's what's killing us as well. So there has to be this healthy balance of, in respect of technology, but not the overuse of technology, and then we have to have this healthy respect of nature, right? As if nature hasn't been around longer than <laughs> we've been around, um, it there's it, it's nature knows what it's doing, nature knows how things work, um, and we need to have that healthy respect of nature. And something else that I was listening, I was listening to a podcast, and a lot of times when we think of, like, animals giving birth, okay, whether domesticated or wild, you're not really going to go see random people trying to save or protect an animal that's giving birth, right? Um... I would probably argue, like, I went to school for veterinary technology for a little bit, I would probably argue that animals that are kept in captivity, like in the zoo, since they're trying to usually, like, um, breed these animals, there's probably a lot more interventions in these, in the animal births at the zoo and stuff, and some animals in uh, captivity, but not as much as humans. (laughs) And, like, if... If you see a cat, like, in labor, or a dog in labor, like, many times you're just gonna leave that mom alone and just let the mom do what she needs to do. Like, we trust that animals can give birth. We can trust that. We can trust that the animals will successfully give birth. Um, we, there's not a whole lot of fear that the, the, your cat and your dog is gonna die of in labor. And when we do see that something's wrong, like, we do take our animals to the vet and get them looked at and taken care of. But for the most part, overall, there's this trust that animals can give birth. But somehow, we can't trust ourselves to do the same thing. And so we have this fear of birth. And something else that I was even thinking about when I was... Just thinking about how fear and birth and how it kind of correlates with how you choose where you give birth and how you choose who you give birth with is the fear of being wrong, right? There's the fear of the unknown of of birth, especially if you're a first-time mom, but the fear of being wrong, um, especially for those of us in the community who are more health-conscious than some of you know than most people but we have been told that we can't trust nature we have to trust the technology right that is how the hospital system is like you have you can't trust that this is going to go well so in order to prevent the worst possible outcome you need to give birth in the hospital And then for, and we kind of talk about this even with, you know, food as medicine and using herbs as medicine and things like that. You can't, they tell us you can't trust the natural herbs and foods. You have to trust the technology because we, we created the technology and we feel that it'll work better than what is provided in nature. Um... And that if you don't take our, use our technology, if you don't take advantage of this technology and something bad happens, then you're a horrible person, you, um, lack responsibility, you are woo-woo, and you, um, you're dangerous to our society, right? There's no, there's, there should be this healthy balance of, I believe, trusting nature first, and then using technology second when it's needed. But we've been gaslighted to believe that trusting nature first means that we're the dangerous ones and that we are risking ourselves and other, other people around us if we decide to trust nature first. If we decide to use alternative methods and things like that. And this, and when I talk about that too, I'm really thinking about like the home birth situation or the unassisted birth situation where we have to, and it's not, I feel like it's very unique to the United States um, and other countries who prioritize hospital births over home births, but giving birth at home comes with this idea of, okay, I want to give birth at home because I feel like this would be the best way to avoid a lot of medical interventions and I don't really want to leave my house and I'm afraid of the hospital and things like that. But then we have this like underlying like thing in the back of our mind like oh my gosh like what if something goes wrong? Then home birth is going to look bad. They're going to be right. They're going to be right that the birth at my house was like the worst idea ever and that I just jeopardized everything that I you know believe in and you know promote because it didn't go as well it didn't go as well as I hoped I feel like there's that underlying like thinking when choosing to give birth at home because it, and I it's it's gaslighting right <laughs> it's it makes you second guess your choices, because there could be a possible bad outcome. But we also know that bad outcomes happen in the hospital as well. But no one second guesses that. No one says, like, oh, if you give birth in the hospital, then you, like, then, you know, it could have been better if you would have gave birth at home, right? I mean, maybe there's some of that in the birth community, but... um you know it's just this idea of if you gave birth in the hospital, you did everything that you needed to do to keep your baby safe and and it just some bad things just happened even if our technology was the reason why it happened or this you know the the obstetrical violence and the birth trauma that happens in the hospitals like you still did better by giving birth at at the hospital. And people are going to respect that. The 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 OBGYNs are going to respect the fact that you came to the hospital. They're not going to respect the fact that you tried to give birth at home. And that's the choice you made. And when they see that, oh, look, we've got this hospital home birth transfer, like, obviously it was going to go wrong. <laughs> and, you know, when home birth goes right, you're not going to see these moms at the hospital, Right. So of course the OBGYNs are gonna see the ones that, are, you know, either want pain medication or there's something, you know, interesting going on with the mom's birth. So I have just kind of been thinking about that fear that we have surrounding birth. And I I I don't think it's fair. I, I believe that we really have been well gaslighted by the media the so the media pharmaceutical companies and the medical system to believe that if we don't rely on them then we are dangerous people we um are a risk to others um, or we're (laughs) you know we don't know any better we're stupid we're uneducated you know things like that and that is just prime gaslighting, and I feel like people are starting to recognize this more, um, especially during the COVID pandemic, where people were just gaslighted into, or forced into getting something that they may not have felt comfortable with, right? And some people did get, you know, vaccinated because they were afraid of what other people th- thought, or they were afraid of losing their job, Um or they were afraid of being looked down on if they didn't get the vaccine because that's what, that's what the media told us. They told us like, Hey, if you don't get this, you're a risk to others. You're unsafe. You're a dangerous person. It was just major gaslighting. <laughs> and yeah. So I hope that I, I, I hope I kind of just gave you guys a different perspective on. Just how fear and birth it has been just woven in how we do things and how we choose to give birth in the hospital or the home. And now, like, if you choose to give birth in the hospital, that that is, like, your decision. Like, that's where you feel the safest. Like, that is... That's fine. That is completely fine. I just believe, too, that... We shouldn't put this fear in moms that believe in doing a home birth or moms that believe in an unassisted birth because birth really is a natural thing. I mean, no one no one goes to the hospital to have sex, right? <laughs> like it's just like a normal physiological thing. Um, but things do go wrong during sex. No one goes to the hospital to use the bathroom. We don't call up our provider to monitor how we're peeing and pooping unless there's something is actually wrong. And even with peeing and pooping, right? Such a natural process. uh, You could definitely have issues with peeing and pooping at some point that needs medical intervention, right? And in fact, if we have a UTI and an infection that lasts too long, um, that can do a lot of harm to our kidneys and could actually eventually cause death if it's not treated so it's everything comes with its own risk right no matter what we do there's always some inherited risk to the things that we do Um, people may believe like well birth has this greater risk of dying but at the same time when we're looking at okay does birth have an risk of dying, or are we just doing things that is just messing up the process? <laughs> uh, for a long time, a lot of deaths and, and, um, and the, it, back in the day, back in the day, a lot of the deaths that were caused, that moms had, usually happened after the mom gave birth. They would get a fever and an infection, because the... Um, usually the doctors didn't wash their hands actually. And there was this whole, whole thing about washing hands and and the maternity leave and things like that. And midwives actually washed their hands and, um, and things like that more than the, the doctors did. And so the midwives actually had lower rates of death than, um, the doctors would. Um, so one of those things, again, like the doctors are, you know, you're interfering are you touching the mom too much? Are you in her vagina too much? Because all of that stuff leads to infection, right? So that was that was a, a prime example of, like, are we me- messing with the natural process of things too much? Um, and then nowadays, it's, you know, we have the increased re- rates of maternal um, death, but a lot of it's preventable. Some of it is due to the unnecessary interventions that happen, Some of it is just maternal care. Uh, We don't really focus on diet here in the United States and nutrition. I mean, we do in a way that we tell moms not to do, like, eat anything, (laughs) but not the importance of having a whole nutritious diet and how that really prevents things like preeclampsia and gestational diabetes and how exercise prevents a lot of those things and how exercise helps balance, uh, helps helps with um, birth and delivery and how that is something that we really need to focus on. We need to have moms see nutritionists during their prenatal visits because doctors aren't nutritionists. They have a basic understanding of diet and nutrition. And I would argue prenatal nutrition is a specialty. So even a dietitian who would probably give better nutrition advice than a OBGYN Um, The one who would give the optimal advice would be someone who specializes in prenatal nutrition. And so prenatal and postpartum nutrition. But we're not addressing that, right? We're not addressing the fact that a lot of the complications that happen during pregnancy and birth could be prevented by a change in diet. Um, By understanding which labs are important to look at, doing more research on nutrition and pregnant women would be very valid. Um, And then if you are familiar with Spinning Babies, Spinning Babies was born out of um, witnessing a baby that has shoulder dystocia. And they created this whole program to help with situations like that. And a lot of things that they talk about is how even our daily the technology of today has caused tightness in our pelvic pelvic floor or imbalances in our pelvic in our, our pelvic bones just by like things like crossing our legs too often, right? That can cause some imbalances in our pelvis, which could cause issues in pregnancy. So we gotta look at all of these things and really take a step back and look at the big picture when we're talking about these things. Um, so that is my podcast rant for today. <laughs> very, very random, but I really just had this on my mind and I wanted to share my thoughts on this topic because if you're deciding to do a home birth, that is, that's awesome. And I don't want anyone to think that because they choose a home birth, and if something does go wrong, like, what they believed in wasn't, wasn't correct. Um, we don't have this perfect system, right? Things, things happen. You may want an epidural. You may be really tired. You may have a three-day labor and just need some assistance and support and things like that. And that's okay. That doesn't make home birth any less effective or safe. Um, and delivering at a hospital doesn't, doesn't always, you know, remove the, the dangers of birth either and may actually, um, increase some if there are things that are happening that are not necessary during birth and labor. So, those are my thoughts for today. Um, I am really excited as I get close to my delivery date. And as I have told you guys, um, We are coming to an end of season two and I am kind of sad about that, but I wanted to focus on my baby and my new baby. And then when I come back, I will share my birth story and the process of that. And I'm sure you guys may be curious of how it goes and, you know, shoot me up on and not shoot me up. Hit me up on Instagram. And if you guys want to hear more dif- or hear different topics on birth and pregnancy and postpartum, uh, you can head to my website at fruitofthemoonbirth. That's 1B.com forward slash the birth cafe podcast. And you guys can click the link to um, do a topic request. So if you guys want a topic that you want me to chat on, please submit a podcast topic request. In the meantime, I hope everything goes well for you all in your own life, and I shall talk to you all later. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode. But remember, our journey together is far from its conclusion. Ensure you tap that notification bell to stay in the loop about upcoming episodes. Don't forget the valuable resources waiting for you in the podcast description. Also, do you love this podcast? Show your love by leaving a stellar five-star review, spreading the word across your social circles, or even becoming a listener supporter, contributing financially to sustain this podcast's existence. If a specific topic tickles your fancy or you aspire to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to submit your ideas via the link in the podcast description. And to all you incredible women who are expecting or planning to conceive, I'm well aware that fears around childbirth can be overwhelming. From concerns about hospital procedures to coping mechanisms during labor, I've got your back. What's even better is that you can now access your free guide on mastering five techniques to conquer the fear of birth. As a bonus, discover a collection of mindfulness tools curated to quell anxiety and fear during pregnancy and childbirth. The guide's link awaits you in the podcast description. Live long, loud, and in prosperity, dear members of the Rebel Birth Crew. Until we cross paths again, thrive unapologetically.